on today's episode of the TMD Podcast. We are back. I know we took a week off, but we're back. And we're going to be kicking the show off with a little bit of Patriots talk because they did win a game this past weekend against the Jets. Now, it's only the Jets. However, they still won the game. So, got to talk about that. And then we're going to move into the NBA. We got the NBA draft coming up. We got NBA free agency starting up. And I want to talk specifically about the Boston Celtics. And then to close the show, I want to pay tribute to the late, great Tommy Heinsohn. Um, just an amazing life, an amazing basketball career, uh, post-basketball career. Really was uh, a Celtic legend and an NBA legend for that matter. So we're going to end the show paying tribute to Tommy Heinsohn. But before we do all that, I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at J11. Um, I know the Patriots have been struggling, but that doesn't mean that you guys don't deserve fire Patriots gear. So head over to J11.com, use code TMD20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Again, that's TMD20 at checkout. Go get your fire J11 gear. Um, and make sure we don't lose hope on the Patriots. And we definitely will never lose hope on Julian Edelman. So head over to J11.com and get your stuff. I'm telling you, get it for your girlfriend, get it for yourself, get it, get it for your kids. Just go get their stuff. They have the best merch in New England. So head over there. Again, TMD20 at checkout. All right, let's do it. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. Two weeks. God, can't believe it's been two weeks. Um, it's been way too long. I know that's on me. Um, I've just been really busy with school and uh, just a ton going on. I'm pretty sure you guys have been busy too. Who are we kidding? You got the uh, we got the election last week, which I don't even know if we have a, a president for 2021 yet. I, I really don't even know. Um, I kind of stopped paying attention last week just because it was got so crazy. So I don't know what the deal is with that. But it doesn't matter. We're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about and get your mind off of that with a little bit of New England sports. Obviously, I'm a homer, always will be. And uh, so we're going to talk Patriots football. But, um, you know, it's just the Patriots, they finally won. They beat the Jets, which was great. But, you know, it was like they – with the way the game went, honest to God, it just – it seemed like – did. Should we have even won that game? Like, I really don't know. Um, it just, they barely won the game. The Jets are awful. Um, I think that the Jets out-tanked us during that game. I think that that's, that's what happened. Um, and now we just pretty much gave the Jets the higher draft pick out of, in the conference. I think that we just solidified that. That they, with that win, will probably have the higher draft pick because... They're going to have a worse record, and if we're tied, it's so weird to think about because usually you think about this in terms of, like, the playoffs where it's like, oh, getting into the playoffs, okay, you split with your division rival, and then who has the best record? Well, in this case, it's the complete opposite. It's we split with our division rival, and who has the worst record because you're going to get the better draft pick. So the Patriots right now have um, the second-best pick in our, from the teams in our conference. So, and the Jets probably have a clear path to the number one pick. So, um, the question really is, where do the Patriots go from here? Because they're sitting at, what are they, 3-6? and six? I'm, right, I'm pretty sure they're 3-6. 3-5 and six, three and five right now, that's right, because they, that, they skipped that one. So, they're 3-5. and five. Um, 
I, I, I don't know. You know, like, is it possible for them to make the the playoffs? I, I guess. They could be a wild card team. But um, is it worth it? It's weird because, you know, being a New England Patriots sports fan, we have not had to think about this situation for 20 years. 20 plus years. No, 20 years. Um, but really, it's just like, do do the Patriots attempt to make the playoffs? Because if they do, they really probably hurt their chances of getting a good draft pick. You know, I think right now they're slotted at the 14th pick. I want. I don't don't quote me on that, but I think it's the 14th pick. Could also be the eighth. I really don't know. Um, but again, I just I don't really know if it's the right move to make the playoffs or not you know do we make this push do do we go all in because it doesn't seem like we're going all in uh it seems like we let edelman get the surgery shout out jules hope you listen hope hope it all went well um we but we let edelman get the surgery kind of giving him a good six weeks off so a good six games off um and i don't know i think if the if some games what a different way you know the there's there's three games that stick out like a sore thumb, uh, in my mind, that could easily have made this team six and two. You know, we, we if we think about it, the Buffalo game, we literally either win that game or tie and go into overtime if Cam doesn't fumble right there. The Denver game, um, what happened there? Oh, it was just Cam missed Nikhil Harry by like forty-five feet um, on a fourth down. Where he was like pretty much wide open. So there's that one. And then the Seahawks game. Three games that were lost in the last like minute and a, minute and a half of the fourth quarter. Um, it could easily be making this team a playoff contender. Those three games. So not having those three games, it makes it tough. But I think that that is also another part of it that just makes it even more like worse is the fact that this team is very capable of being a playoff team in this season with with all, with everything that's going on with every team that's that's out there right now there's the there's the elites then there's like a giant mosh pit of like 10 to 15 teams where it's like okay what's going on here and then there's like five or four teams that are just straight garbage um and I think majority of that has to do with coronavirus. It has to do with everything that's going on. But um, that doesn't make up for the fa- fact that the Patriots are in the, of those ten to fifteen teams. The Patriots are in the bottom half of those teams because of those three games. They could easily be in the top half, like the top to middle half. I'm not even gonna say top half, but the top to middle half, like the Baltimore Ravens, who they play this weekend, who we're gonna get, which we're getting into like a few minutes here. But they could easily, easily. Be, have the same record as the Baltimore Ravens right now if those three games go differently. So, I don't know. You're at an interesting point because you clearly have a team that could could make it to the playoffs. I, I really believe that, that this Patriots team could make it to the playoffs. With what they've shown in them literally only losing by like three to seven points um, three times against some uh, Denver again, you know, I don't know. Um, would definitely want to have that Denver game back. But uh, nonetheless, having the record that they have and what they could have if one play goes differently uh, in three games, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, this is a tough spot for um, 
for the Patriots because it's if if you were really trying to tank, you would have lost that game against the Jets. You like you would have 100% given that game to the Jet, the Jets. However, you didn't. So now it's like, well, what are we trying to do here? Are we trying to make the playoffs? Are we trying to not make the playoffs? Are we trying to get a good draft pick? Are we trying to plan for the future? Are you trying to see what's going on with Cam? Like, I think it's 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 all up in the air right now, um, which is, again, like I said, something that Patriots fans and myself have never had to worry about in 20 years. So it's going to be interesting. Um, but enough about where the Patriots could be. Let's talk about where they are right now. They're three and five, heading into this game this weekend against the Baltimore Ravens. At uh, it's at Foxborough, so that's that's a plus. Um, however, the Ravens are four and zero. Again, don't quote me on that, but I think they're four and zero away, and they're six and two, so they're two and two at home. Um, now, I don't really think that. Uh, home field advantage here really makes that much of a difference. If this was game was at Baltimore and there was no coronavirus and this was a regular season, I would not give the Patri- Patriots a chance to win this game. However, because it's at Foxborough, um, I still don't think there's home field advantage, but it's at Foxborough, familiar playing grounds um, for the Pats. And I just, I think that I'm not so quick to count it out, and I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking at ESPN right now, and they have the matchup predictor, and they have sixty, a sixty-six percent chance that the Ravens win the game. Uh, I don't think it's that that high. The Ravens, I think, are struggling this year. They really are. Um, I don't think that they're they've been that great. Uh, their offense is very stagnant. Their defense is. It's a Ravens defense, so it's it's always going to be good. However, their offense is not that great. Um, they've they've won a couple of close games, and the Patriots have lost a couple of close games. So I think that this is actually going to be um, a closer game than people expect it to be. But with that being said, um, I also expect Lamar Jackson to have a field day. Um, I, I, I the the Patriots have done have been awful. At stopping opposing quarterbacks, they they had they really have been. Um, they let Joe Flacco put up 27, 27 points on him. Um, they let who else with Drew Locke? They let uh, no, actually you know I, they didn't let uh what's his name? Um, why am I Garoppolo? They didn't let Garoppolo go off on him. Uh, so but. As of recently, the Patriots have been pretty terrible. They let Josh Allen go off. So, I don't know. It's I think that the Ravens, their only chance is if... Uh, or their, the biggest chance they have to win is if Lamar Jackson goes off. And I think Lamar Jackson might go off. So, I think the Ravens, the probability or the matchup predictor on ESPN, it's 66 is too high for the Ravens. But I think they definitely have probably like a 55 60% chance of winning, but I think 66 to 33% chance is a little much, um, because this, again, this Patriots team, now, if you're just going based off the records and you look at those numbers, they make sense, but just going off of the records isn't telling of what the, of how these teams actually are, the Patriots lost three close games, literally could have the same record as the Baltimore Ravens, so I think this might be, this is going to be a good game, I really think so, um, uh, I don't think the Patriots are going to get smacked. I don't think that the Ravens' offense is really that good. So I think the Patriots' defense can finally step up. Now, Stephon Gilmore, again, 
He's been out the last two weeks. I think he's probably going to be out again this week because he uh, he wasn't at practice Thursday. So we'll see. Um, but I'm, I, you know, personally, the the best chance the and I'll never give up on the bats ever. I'll never give up on the Patriots. However, I think that this year um, the best chance the Patriots have at making the playoffs is through the wild card spot. So if they're really going to do that, they have a hard schedule going forward, like a very tough, tough, tough schedule compared to the rest of the league going forward. They have the Ravens, they have the Texans, they have the Cardinals, they have the Chargers, they have the Rams, then they have the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets. Your easiest game out of there is the last game you're playing. So if they can somehow squeak out one, two, I th- I'll give them the Texans. I don't think the they'll lose to the Texans. Uh, Belichick usually. Struggles with containing Deshaun Watson, but again, they usually beat him. Uh, the Cardinals—that's going to be a tough game. Cardinals are very good. Chargers, Chargers are a lot like the Patriots, honestly, um, in terms of their team. You know, they've lost a few close games, and their season could be completely flipped uh, ratio number-wise if they win or lose. They're two and six. I think that they could easily be six. They could easily have six wins. Uh, so that's going to be a tough game. And um, the Rams, the Rams again, are, are like, is they're the epitome of they either show up or they don't. That's that's all, that, that's how it is. So it's a 50-50 with that. Um, the Rams have the potential to be really good. They also have the potential to be awful. Um, so we'll see. Um, but, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm going to be bold here and say the Patriots – Judging off what they showed from the Jets game last week, they are gonna try and make a playoff push. So I'm gonna be bold and say that they're they might win this game on Sunday. Um, I, I don't think it's that big of a. I don't think they're gonna get blown out by the Ravens, and I think it's gonna be a close game. And hopefully Cam can pull it out. Um, you know, Cam so far he under pressure he hasn't really thrived under pressure. Um, the best he looked under pressure was that final Seahawks drive, and then they just didn't get in the end zone. That was the best he looked, um, and that was, again, at the point in the season where everyone had so much hope because he was killing it. Uh, he looked like he was back, and he's just been struggling, honestly, ever since. Um, ever since the COVID, he's really just been struggling. Hasn't looked the same. I don't know what it is, but it's just been he's just been different you know he's been it looks like every time he throws it he he can't get it to the receivers uh now granted against the Jets he was like 14 for 14 in the first half throwing the ball but every other game it just looks like when the ball comes out of his hands it doesn't look like he's gonna the ball's gonna make it to the receiver so I don't know it really is a kind of a toss-up between um how it's how this season's gonna go that it really is um, I think a lot of it rides on Cam, and so far Cam's underperformed. He's underperformed in getting wins. He's underperformed in being clutch. Um, his statistics: he's two touchdowns, two touchdowns thrown to seven interceptions. That you can't have that. So I, I don't know. The Patriots are in, they're in limbo right now. No, no one really knows where it's going. So we'll see. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful that. Judging from what I saw from the Jets game and how it ended, um, now granted it's the Jets, I know it's the Jets, but it's hope. You can't give someone hope. Um, 
I think that this team is going to try and make a playoff push. I really do. Uh, I think the. I also think that it's it, it's it's pretty much out of the water now because the the Bills beat the Seahawks. But that last week, going into last week, there was a chance that the Patriots could still win the division, um, even with Miami and Buffalo ahead of them. But now it's looking like that's probably not going to happen. And their best chance is for a wild card spot. So we will see what happens there. All right. With that being said, it's time to move into a little bit of NBA basketball. But, like always, here's a little ad read from our friends at Anchor. All right, jumping right in here to the NBA. Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, we definitely did not talk about this the last time uh, we did this podcast. But the NBA has decided that um, they are going to be starting the NBA back up in December. So, before 2021. Um, which is just bananas to me because they still have to do the draft. Uh, they still have free agency, and it's November, so I don't. They have less than a month to do the, those three things. Um, like I said, the draft is on next Wednesday, the 18th. Uh, yeah, I think it's the 18th because today is the 13th. Yeah, the 18th. Um, so we'll see. You know, the NBA. Um, I was a fan of how they handled their whole bubble season i thought they they've done the best out of everyone so far so we'll see how that goes but i do just want to quickly um jump into a little bit of the mock draft thing here for wednesday because i'm not sure who knows when i'm going to be able to get another episode out so let's just dive into the first we'll just do the first like we'll do up to the, the celtics first pick so the this first pick, it, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they, um, LaMelo Ball is projected to go first. Um, I don't know how I feel about that one. Really, I don't. Um, don't, um, isn't, what's his name in, yeah, they, D'Angelo Russell's in, um, Minnesota, isn't he? So I don't really know. I mean, I'll, but again, you know, most NBA teams are made up of two guards. So if they're trying to go for that two, two ball, uh, Lamella Ball, D'Angelo Russell. It could work. Um, I think that that's a crazy pick, though, that Lamella's going first. Because when I checked like a few months ago, he was projected to go like third or fourth. Now they had have him at number one, which is kind of crazy. Um, we'll see. Uh, I, I don't know. That, that'd that be an interesting one. You know? Um, I, I didn't know that. I'm really actually a little surprised now looking at that, that Lamella's projected to go one as of right now. That is kind of that's kind of crazy. So we'll see. Um, I, I mean, I don't hate it. I also don't hate trading the number one pick because I think that this draft is. I don't think Lamelo Ball is going to be uh, a game changer in the NBA. I, I really don't. I, I, I'm looking at this this roster and I I don't really see any guys that are like, dude, what? Like this dude's going to rock the NBA, you know? And and, uh, and obviously that's hard to figure out. Um most people no one knows that if you would, but I don't think LaMelo Ball is that kind of guy. So that's a that's a very interesting uh pick for number 1. But that's what the experts say. So I guess I'm not one to argue. Uh number 2, they had Golden State Warriors, which is so scary because Steph Curry and Klay Thompson will be back for the 2021 season. So they will also be getting, allegedly, they will be getting James Wiseman, which is kind of crazy, um, because that's really where the that team lacks. 
uh, at a big man. So Wiseman's a center. I can I, I think if he's available, if he doesn't go number one, the, that that's probably a lock that the Golden State Warriors would probably take him. Or they, maybe they'll trade that, that pick for a big man. But that is where the um, – and James Wiseman, he's an athletic big. He's not like a big, slow dude. He's someone who can run the floor. Uh, they play a fast style in Golden State. So that's – I can see that working out. Uh, I think if – James Wiseman doesn't go in one. He's probably going to go two. Uh, three, they have the Charlotte Hornets are taking Anthony Edwards from Georgia. I've heard Anthony Edwards is actually a beast, and I'm pretty sure the last time I checked these mock drafts, Anthony Edwards was projected to go number one. So I guess it makes more sense now, though, because the Minnesota has Carl um, Anthony Towns, so it does kind of make sense that they're not going to take the centers. Um, but... I know Anthony Edwards is an absolute beast, so that's probably uh, a good pick for the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets just need everything they can get. Um, they they just they have nothing over there. So next, the Chicago Bulls are taking God Denny Avedija, uh from Maccabee. I don't even know where that is. However, um, foreign guys drafted high usually seem to work out. Uh, so. You can't hate it. Um, I think judging off of you look at the last two that come to mind are Lauren Markkinen and um, why am I drawing a name? Luca. Jesus, I can't believe I just forgot that. Um, Luca. So I I don't hate um, that pick. Next we have Cleveland Cavs with Obi Toppin from Dayton. Hmm. I'm trying to think who's on the Cavs. I I mean I guess that's a good one. You know the Cavs. They just again they need anything they can get. They stink so. Uh, he's, they have guards, they have, um, Con Sexton and Darius Garland, so, yeah, I, I think a forward is probably what they need, um, they have two, that, the thing with the Cavs is, and, um, I've noticed this over the past year, is that they have Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, and both of them are literally the exact same position, and they've spent their last two drafts on those two guys, so them finally not drafting a a guard is probably the better move here. Uh, next, Atlanta Hawks with the sixth pick. They have Isaac Okoro from Auburn. Guard forward, so small forward um, to the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, you know. Um, again, the Atlanta Hawks, you know, they, they potentially are starting to get something going there. Trey Young, um, we'll see. You know, I think... I think for a lot of these teams, this is actually a big draft because when I look at, well, maybe not the first five. The first five are all pretty terrible teams. Besides Golden State, uh, that's just a cheat code. I don't know how they finagled that, but that's just a cheat code. Um, and But from six, you know, you get the Pistons. You get the, no, the Knicks are trash. Then you get the Wizards at nine and the Suns at ten. From, like, six to ten, you know, all these are playoff potential playoff contending teams uh so i think that this is a really important draft not for the first five but for the the next five um and it could really dictate where this this goes because you know a lot of these teams have been in rebuilds for a while you know washington the knicks have been a rebuild ever since carmel left pistons have been in rebuild the atlanta hawks have been in a rebuild and the atlanta hawks specifically have a good young core right now where they they're like one or two pieces away from really being effective, um, being a good team. So I think I don't really know much about Isaac Okoro, but I think that 
he he could be a good fit. I don't know. That that's a that's one I'm I'm very interested to see how it all works out. Uh, next we have the Detroit Pistons. They're taking Patrick Williams from Florida State. He's a forward. That's what it projected. The Pistons. Uh, they did get rid of. Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't know if that's a great pick. Um, I don't know if the page, the Pistons need another forward. I really, I don't think that they do. I think they need better guard play. They, they got rid of Reggie Jackson, didn't they? Yeah, they traded Reggie Jackson. So, I, I don't like that pick. Um, the New York Knicks, Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State. I, I don't know. I don't. Even, I've never even heard that guy's name, so I, I don't know. Uh, that's the most New York Knicks thing ever. He could be nasty, but um, it's the Knicks and they're drafting. And I bet you, if they're projected to get this guy, they're going to get the twenty fifth pick at the the a guy who could go twenty uh, fifth. They're going to get him at eighth. Uh, that's just the Knicks way. The Washington Wizards. They were. They were in the weak Eastern Conference. They were like the ninth seed, so they actually could have made the NBA bubble uh, playoffs. And I'm pretty sure they chose not to to get better draft picks. So uh, they're taking Onika Onika Okongwu from USC. Um, he's a forward slash center. The Wizards, yeah, they probably need that. They have strong guard play in Brad Beal. Um, and, well, that's if Brad Beal stays. But they have strong guard play already, so they do need big. So that's probably a good pick. Uh, Phoenix Suns, they're taking a guard forward in Devin Vassell from Florida State. Hmm. Phoenix Suns. I I don't think that they need that. I I don't think I don't. Yeah, that one doesn't make sense to me. I don't think they need any more cards or forwards. I think they have eight in. Um, I guess you know actually maybe around small forward position they might be lacking a little bit, but I think they really need a strong point guard. Um, that, I think that that's really like a, a true point, not like a scoring point, a true point. I think that's really what the Suns need. So them going for a bigger man. Uh questionable then we got san antonio spurs um aaron naismith from vanderbilt yeah i mean the spurs i, I don't know whatever whatever's going on over there um whatever pop thinks i trust it so um first year this past playoffs with no spurs in the playoffs for that over for 20 years that's crazy uh sacramento kings killian hayes ulm he's a He's an overseas guy. Um, it looks like he's one of those guys that went overseas instead of going to college. So I don't really know anything about any of those guys. Um, moving on. New Orleans Pelicans, Sadik Bay. That is a interesting name. Villanova. Um, again, you know, don't don't hate it. Um, forward for the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, that actually doesn't make sense. You literally have Zion Williams. at the, This guy's a 6'8 uh, forward, and Zion Williams is a 6'8 forward. That doesn't make any sense. Um, and lastly, the Boston Celtics pick via Memphis. They are projected to take another guard, and this is where I'm going to kind of call uh, call it off on me going through the entire draft order because I just, I'm just i not, I'm, I'm not here to do that. Um, but I want to harp on this Boston Celtics pick because I really don't think that the – the Celtics need another goddamn guard. I really don't think so. You drafted Tremont Waters. He was the rookie of the year in the G League. Um, you drafted, drafted Carson Edwards. You got Kemba. I really don't think you need another guard. You got Marcus Smart. I really don't think the Celtics need another guard. If the Celtics don't draft a big right now, um, that was their biggest problem throughout the entire playoffs was that their only good big, decent big was 
Tice, and he was decent. And then at times, Cantor and Robert Williams. Um, and they're really banking on Robert Williams here to be a stud. And he looked he looked good. I'll give it to him. He looked good in the playoffs. But they weren't good enough to win. So I think they, they need to start. They need to acquire a better big man. And I know that there's talks of potentially trading Gordon Hayward to the Pacers for Miles Turner and uh, someone else. I want to don't I don't want to say Victor Oladipo, but I feel like that might have been the offer, uh, or maybe it was someone else. I don't know. Someone else uh, incorporated in that trade, and again, they just whatever it is, they need a better big man. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I, again, I n- I don't usually try to harp too much on the, the NBA draft just because I think it's a little you know overhyped. I think it's a little overplayed. Um, I'm more interested to see in what uh, happens in free agency. Free agency is gonna be so fun. Uh, I can't wait to start covering that. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun to start covering that. So when that happens, I'll be more in, inclined to talk about the NBA and moving forward with the Celtics specifically, but other teams as well. Um, I'm, that that should be fun. So, uh, with that being said, I want to take the last like 10 minutes of this episode to dedicate it to Tommy Heinsohn. So, let's get a quick, quick ad read, and then let's dive into the life of Tommy Heinsohn. All right. No more ad reads. I swear. That was the last one. Um, but, last, so I want to talk about uh, Tommy. Um, for those of you guys who don't know Tommy Heinsohn, um, he, you have definitely, if you've ever watched a Celtics game, you've, you've, uh, you know who Tommy Heinsohn is. He's the, um, the announcer. He was the, the game announcer for the Celtics for, God, I, I want to say 20, no, like 40 years. Um, he started broadcasting in 1966. 40 years. Just kidding. 60 years? Is that right? 54 years? My math right there? 30? 20? Yeah, 54 years. Because he was literally, he stopped uh, broadcasting in 2020. So 54 years of broadcasting. Um, that is unbelievable. Um, and we're going to get into his broadcasting career. But for those of you guys who don't know Tommy, like I was saying, he's the, he's the, um, his famous, or his most recent famous quote, um, was the the little guy he called um, when Isaiah Thomas was on the Celtics? He called him the little guy. Um, he he was that guy. He you know he hated the refs. Uh, he always thought the refs were trying to screw the Celtics, which was just was just awesome because you know he really was like a fan. Um, he really was just like listening to a fan of the Boston Celtics. He really wasn't an announcer. Um, he was more of a fan. But that was his broadcasting career. Um, and what's crazy is that the life really that Tommy Heinsohn had um was is crazy because it's it's like he had four different lives. He did like what some people do what's it, it it's just it was crazy. His his life it, I and I didn't really know this until I really went and like looked into it um his life, you know, I saw all the tributes, I saw everything. And then I really started like watching videos and I was like, "Oh my god." I was like, "Dude, Tommy Heinsohn did a ton in his life." Um, and I want to get, I just want to get, get into it. Um, just because I've known Tommy Heinsohn as the only sports, uh, the only Boston Celtics announcer in my life. Uh, he's the only one I've ever known. So 
Um, and I also knew he was a player, but I didn't really know. Um, he was, I, I, I didn't know he was a coach um, for the Celtics. I didn't know that until this past week. I just always thought he was a player, and then he jumped right into announcing. So that was that was surprising. But his playing career, um, he put up numbers that are unbelievable. Um, and I just I want to I want to touch upon him real quick. So when he went to college, he played uh, at Holy Cross. He was the first all-time. Oh no, he became the school's all-time leading scorer with 1,700 points over his over his entire career, and he averaged 22 points a game for his entire career. And during his senior year, now this is the craziest stat: he averaged 27 points a game. And 21 rebounds. He was 6'6". Six, six and averaged 21 rebounds. That's absurd. Um, like I said, he was at Holy Cross. So he went on to be drafted by the Celtics. He played his entire career for the Celtics. I'm almost positive. Um, yeah, he did. He played his entire career from 1956 to 1965. Nine-year career. For the Seas, he won... Eight championships. <laughs> That's just so absurd to think about. He won eight championships. Uh, he was part of the Bill Russell teams, so that that's really what it has to do. But eight championships is more than half than anyone involved in the NBA today, uh, which is crazy. So then um, he went on to coach the Celtics four years later in 1969. Um after he retired, uh, you know, if if you don't, you, I, I just recommend you go watch the videos um, of how close he of how close he was with Red Arbeck, um and that whole thing. Because if you're a Celtics, if you're a Celtics fan, I'm telling you those videos are awesome. Go listen to his Hall of Fame induction speech. Um, spoiler alert that I was just about to get into. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame, um, but in his coaching career with the Celtics, he won two championships. Um, he coached the Celtics from 1969 to 1978. So he coached Havlicek. He coached he coached that uh, that era. Um, Dave Cowens. He coached that whole era. And then um, he retired. He was, he was let go actually by Red Arbeck. And Red Arbeck said that that's the hardest decision uh, as a as a, the Celtics uh, GM and that he ever made was letting go of Tommy Heinsohn because of how much he liked him. But the Celtics, again, by 1978, uh, were they weren't good. Um, all the all the former guys that were winning all the championships had retired. Havlicek and uh, Cowens were literally the only guys left, and I'm pretty sure by the end of it they were they were gone too. So it was it was it wasn't things things weren't meshing, um, and he was let go by Red. And then he, two years later, picks up right back with the Celtics and becomes their their broadcaster uh, in 1966. Is that two years later? Oh, my bad, my, my bad. He, he was an announcer, and then for the Celtics, then he was hired as a coach, and then he was like, oh, then he was... Sorry, I was about to say, I'm looking at the timeline. That didn't make sense. And then he was let go, but then he became an announcer with um, the guy who he's still been doing it with. Um, I want to say it's Mike. 
Gorman. That's what it is. Mike Gorman, and he actually did it with Bob Cousy. And they, uh, they were, those three were the announcers for the Boston Celtics for a good, good portion of time. And then Bob Cousy kind of drifted out of it, and it's just been Mike Gorman and Tommy Heinsohn ever since. And, um, you know, I, I just, I think of all like the crazy, if you look up Tommy Heinsohn rants on YouTube, they are absolutely hysterical just because of how much he hates the ref. Um, and it really, it really is just, it's, it's so fun to watch. So I really recommend everyone goes and, um, watches a little bit about Tommy Heinsohn. He was great. Um, he, if you're a Celtics fan, you're going to love it. I'm, I'm already telling you, you're going to love, uh, what you're, what you're about to watch just because of how great of a person Tommy was. Um, and, and that was only his basketball career. So that's the craziest part is that, you know, he, he had this, he had the first act in college where he was amazing. Then he had the next act of his life as a player, as an NBA professional player, where he was also amazing. He won eight championships, um, scored 12,000 points, grabbed 5,000 rebounds. So he averaged 16 to five over his entire career. And then he, retires, becomes the coach, wins two more championships as a coach, and then proceeds for the remainder of his, his life to be a dedicated broadcaster to the Boston Celtics. Uh, recently stopped traveling. Um, last year, he stopped going on away games, which is crazy um, because he passed away at the age of 86. So he was 85 and still making the away games. Um, so the next, so those are the first three acts of his professional and playing basketball career. The next crazy thing is that he allegedly is this amazing painter, which I had no idea. Um, I, and I've learned this in the videos, and I bet you most people don't know it, is that he was this painter and his painting sold for thousands of dollars which is crazy um i've looked them up i, I don't really get art but i've looked them up and, and apparently they're worth thousands of dollars so they must be very good um which is just crazy so i just wanted to you know take the last 10 minutes of this and just talk about Tommy Heinsohn because he really was um he really was a true celtic uh his his number was retired by the, the celtics um he's number 15 in the rafters uh he'll be there for the remainder of time, uh, he really was, like I said, a true Celtic um, from the start of his career to the day he passed away. And it's, you know, things like that you don't really see in sports anymore, um, especially with how players today, they're constantly moving, they're going different teams for money and all that. Um, Tommy really, from what I know and what I've researched, he really didn't care um, about any of that. And so it was, it was awesome to always have Tommy. Um, I, I would never listen. If the game was ever on TNT or something like that, I would always be going to the local um, Nesson or the wherever NBC Sports, wherever the, the Celtics were on, um, and listening to Tommy and Mike because they were just way better um, at announcing the Celtics teams than anybody else. So... It's, it's sad that, you know, that's over, but um, it really it really was uh, so much fun to listen to. So, rest in peace to Tommy Heinsohn, a Celtic legend. And with that being said, I hope that you guys have a great weekend. Um, I hope that 
you know, big football weekend here. So I hope the Patriots win. And I also hope that if you guys have any fantasy questions, make sure to go listen to our Leatherheads Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Grapevine Media. We um, And if you guys need any urgent substitutions, you're not sure what to do, feel free to DM us on that account. Um, that's me, Hunter, and Abel. One of us will get back to you. And, yeah, with that being said, I will be back next week. Um, so I look forward to seeing you guys next week. All right, I'm out of here. Later.